0: All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brother sports cast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week, and actually, this week, you all get to spend this time listening to me and only me uh Caleb while Craig is actually sitting this week out because if uh many of you recall he had his surgery at the beginning of this week, and actually it's been a little bit rougher on him than he anticipated. They found more damage in his shoulder than they were expecting, and so he is on more medication and probably demanding more bed rest than uh, originally thought in his plan of attack with uh, rehabbing his shoulder. So I have communicated with him a little bit. He has some input for us this week, and it will be included in this episode. And normally we have a little bit of time here at the beginning where we like to do a little bit of an intro But uh, honestly, I've been so bogged down with work this week that I didn't really have much of a personal conversation note to be uh, sharing. Usually Craig and I just kind of uh, break down kind of what's going on with both of us, and I know Craig would be talking about his shoulder surgery if he was here, so... Uh, just uh, prayers out to him and his family during that time. I know it's never easy going through rehab, but I'm sure that's probably particularly difficult, more so for his family than him because they have to deal with the grumpy old man in the house. <laughs> so uh, I am uh, probably just going to go ahead here and transition into uh, the football talk just to jump into things and get going here. And we will be discussing the uh black and dump it still this week and predictions and other scores for uh the games that will be going on this weekend around the big 10 so don't go anywhere All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. And it seems like forever since Michigan football. Since we are now just coming off of the bye week uh, after Michigan's first road game at Rutgers, seventy-eight to zero. So the current record for Michigan is sitting undefeated. Michigan six and zero, three and zero in Big Ten conference play. They are going to be having their homecoming game this weekend with uh, Illinois, two and four and one and two in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, I'll be going here in a second here into the stats, kind of doing a little breakdown, some players to watch for Illinois, and some things here for Michigan. So it's kind of a number crunch here. Um, so we'll be reviewing some of these, the things for Michigan because, like I said, I, I mean, I know we did a lot of the breakdown. There were so many stats to share after the Rutgers game. But just to refresh things a little bit here and get... Uh, some comparisons between uh, the Fighting Illini and the Wolverines. So uh, the passing game for Illinois, not the strongest. Uh, They've actually been doing kind of an interesting thing lately with playing two quarterbacks, a senior and a sophomore. And I am not sure at this point if they've settled on who their starting quarterback is going to be. Um, One of them is more of a mobile quarterback. Um, He's only had 249 passing yards, and they've really leisurely gone about it with uh, mixing both the quarterbacks in. Uh, I think especially since the Nebraska game, you've seen that more and more. Uh, But the senior, Wes Lunt, uh, has just above a 60% completion percentage. Uh, He's got 840 yards, averaging 6.5 yards in attempt, uh, a total of six touchdowns and one interception, Uh, Chase, the sophomore, Chase Crouch, uh, only 56% completion for 249 yards, averaging 7.8 per attempt, one touchdown, one interception. Um, And so you'll be seeing – I would not be surprised if you'll be seeing both of them mixed in throughout the game. I don't know if – Crouch was the only quarterback in for the Rutgers game. I was uh, The tape that I was actually reviewing that I was able to find was on the Nebraska game. That was the one that I saw the most tape on. So uh, I saw them both intermingled in that game. Uh, comparing their passing game to Michigan's passing game, I mean, we have uh, Junior Wilton Spate, 61.6 completion percentage for 1,194 yards, average of 7.5 yards an attempt. 11 touchdowns two interceptions so there is the distinct different there the distinct difference there sorry uh, between the two teams I mean they they did crack a thousand yards total um, but it's not uh, they don't seem to have that confidence that great receiving core and the uh, dependable quarterback that they can lean on. You'll notice here in some of the rushing numbers that they've leaned more on the rushing game for Illinois. Uh, The rushing is uh, 1,139 total yards. Uh, They have a junior running back, Foster, who's actually 384 yards, six yards per carry average with five touchdowns. And then they go to uh, freshman Corbin. After that, he's got 325 yards, which actually has a 9.2 average. So they're seeing some productivity there from uh, their underclassmen, and he has uh, one touchdown, and then they have a slew of other running backs that have been sprinkled in there that have gotten some uh, production there as well. Uh, Michigan, for their total rushing yards, is 1,530 and as everyone well knows, we have our arsenal of running backs, as we like to say it. And at the uh, lead of the pack right now for total yards is actually our freshman, Chris Evans, coming with 400 total yards rushing, eight, averaging 8.3, and he has three touchdowns. And then we have our two seniors, uh, Smith and Isaac, doing a fantastic job, Um both, uh, Tyzik is almost broken 300. Uh, Davion Smith is at 336 and, uh, has two touchdowns. Isaac has four touchdowns. And, uh, someone to definitely include in that, uh, grouping is Karan Higdon, who has 253 yards, average of 7.2, but he has the most rushing touchdowns at five. TDS uh, by our running backs, and then we can never forget uh, Khalid Hill, who only has 21 rushing yards, but a total of seven touchdowns. You know, getting it done down there at the goal line and doing a fantastic job at that. So, uh, the the recent games that we've seen for Michigan has been a lot of the rushing game, but since this is going to be a better weather condition game and we have some things to improve we might be seeing a little bit more with our passing game Um, to kind of uh, I guess probably before I get into the defense side of things I'll go ahead and talk about the uh, two offenses Um, we've seen what Michigan can do Michigan has definitely been improving in the running game granted some of our recent competition has not been the toughest competition Uh, Wisconsin definitely with a legitimate defense, but some of our best running performances have been against Penn State and, of course, against Rutgers. So I am looking, I'm anticipating that with this game, you're going to see maybe a little bit more of an emphasis on the passing game just to uh, keep it pumping, keep it going, and um, make sure that we are not falling prey to being too dependent on our running game. We saw how it was necessary to beat Wisconsin. Uh, We needed some of those passing plays, obviously, to keep the defense uh, honest and defending both the running and passing game. But also, just, we're going to be needing it. And that has been labeled the weakness of our team is our quarterback play, uh, kind of our passing game, because Spate, like we've said, is not the flashiest of quarterbacks, which is fine. I've been totally fine with it. I know that I... that he could use some more experience, some more passes, maybe build his confidence, and definitely get perhaps for some of the bigger games down the road. But he has been doing what he has needed uh, to win these games. So we'll be watching that. Looking on the uh, at the opponent side of things, like I said, uh, maybe they're more of a uh, even scale team between the passing and rushing game. I think that they try to pass it more, but. They have some quick running backs. Uh, nothing too much of a superstar running back or anything like that. But they do have some quick ones who are able to uh, make some positive yards out of nothing. Uh, I've seen them get in, collapse into uh, a pile up and then bounce to the outside and get some yards. So they they have some cap- more capability on the running game in my own opinion, uh, especially because if I go back into the stats and see the uh, Oh, because actually that would make sense because I didn't get around to mentioning it. But um, if we look at the receiving stats, they only have two receivers that are actually above 100 receiving yards. Uh, One is over 400 yards. Uh, That is Malik Turner, a junior. Uh, You'll probably actually be hearing his name a lot um, with the passing game. He has the most productivity in the passing game. Uh, Three touchdowns, and then, uh, like I said, 427 yards, but the Receiver behind him is a senior, Justin Hardy, and he only has 106 yards. So not a lot going on the receiving side of the game, as you'll be seeing there. When we compare that to Michigan's receiving core, I mean, uh, right away you've got Amar Darbo, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Jake Butt, 270 yards, uh, three touchdowns. J.U. Chesson, 230 yards one touchdown, surprising, one touchdown. and uh, But like we said, uh, during uh, before the season started, during spring practice, they were saying how Amar Darbo was really stepping up his game and was probably the best wide receiver on the team. And he's his stats right now are showing it. Um, of course, there's that uh, bond between quarterback and receiver, so maybe there's just uh, more of a chemistry, more of a connection between Darbo and Spate. Uh, they just work a little bit better to together, or uh, maybe it is just a talent thing this year where Darbo was able to step up his game, but I would not be too surprised if we see Chesson uh, step up his game in the second half, uh, get some more touches, some more touchdowns here throughout the uh, last six games here for the season, so we'll be watching that, but um, the Illini for their offense is not very strong. They they did come off of a win against Rutgers uh, during our bye week. They played Rutgers, so actually uh, both of us, uh, the Wolverines and the Line I will be facing off after uh, both beating the same opponent in Rutgers. And even though they beat Rutgers, it's this team is kind of difficult to look at and break down. In all honesty, because you look at them and they had. They beat Rutgers 24-7, and they had less yards, less time of possession, and only 10 first downs in the game. So, and they still won the game. And then you look at other games when they play what you would probably call a more credible opponent in Nebraska, at Nebraska, and they led Nebraska at halftime 13-10, wound up losing the game 31-16, to but they they had the lead on what is now undefeated Nebraska. And it's, it, it's very just interesting to see them win a game with terrible stats. Uh, but then again, we are putting in perspective that this is Rutgers we're talking about. And then um, them lose a game where they led at halftime against Nebraska. They... They have the potential of doing some interesting things, but I do believe that with the level of defense that Michigan has, this is going to be the best. First of all, we're looking at statistically Michigan has the best defense in the country right now, and so this is going to be the best defense that this Illini offense is going to be facing off against. So I anticipate that it will overwhelm them and be very difficult for them to handle. So uh, let's look at some of the updates. Other numbers before I get too carried away in conversation. Uh, offensively, um, for third downs for the two teams, Illinois has been completing 31%, and Michigan has been completing 48% for third downs. Um, allowing, though, as we trash- transition here from offense to defense, Michigan has only allowed 12% of third downs. That's been a great stat we've been watching um, this first half of the season. Illinois has been allowing 45%. And so that, I anticipate, will be a higher number for Michigan uh, this week. We're we're probably going to be looking at more I anticipate more than 50% of uh, completion for our third down. So uh, more into the defense uh, side of things, some players to be looking at for Illinois. They're, uh, they have a few good linebackers and a defensive back. Uh, Nickerson, a senior with uh, 58 total tackles. Uh, Nelson is a freshman with 42 total tackles. Uh, Watson is another linebacker with total 41 tackles. Uh, Nickerson, you'll be seeing him in there. Um, I I honestly believe with the productivity that I've seen with their linebacking core that our running backs and our blockers will be able to still find success. Um, and I wouldn't say run them off the field. I mean, last Last week was a unique situation, well not last week, last game was a unique situation against Rutgers, but um, like I said, I feel like our running core, uh, the running backs, the blocking is getting better and better, so we should see another good game with our running backs. On Michigan side of the ball, uh, our linebackers have really stepped up their game this year. I know that uh, with Don Brown's defense, you're really having a lot of different uh, blitz packages there and everything, but Ben Gideon, has uh, 47 total tackles peppers has 39 total mccray has 31 total and then to move into tackles for loss this is where um this is where we get some other good numbers here because of our dominating defense but uh player to what they have this is one thing that um Illinois kind of has going for them. I wouldn't say that's the strongest in the conference or anything, but it's probably one of the strongest components to their team. And that is actually their defensive line. Um, They have, uh, with right here, I'm going to name three seniors that they have going, and they're leading in uh, tackles for loss for their team. And uh, one of them has, uh, this is Phillips. He has 11 tackles for loss for a total of negative 45 yards And then the two other seniors, Smoot and President, uh, 23 negative, uh, eight tackles for loss for 23 yards and five and a half tackles for loss for 15 yards. So their defensive line is breaking through and causing some havoc here for, uh, some of the offensive lines that they're facing against. So that's, uh, that will be one of the stronger suits for the Fighting Lion eyes, their linemen, other, uh, They do have good experience, and they are definitely seeing production on the field for that. When you look at tackles for loss for Michigan, uh, we go back to the linebackers, actually. Um, It's not even our uh, defensive line that's leading with the tackles for loss. The uh, top two players for tackles for loss are Peppers, 10 tackles for loss, 46 yards. And if you notice for Illinois, they had um, their top defensive player had forty five uh forty five yards uh for loss and then the next one had twenty three yards for loss Michigan's second defensive player for yards for loss for tackles Ben Gideon also broke the 40 yard mark so our top two players over 80 yards and then the top three players for illinois are not even breaking close to 80 yards. So just to see the interesting aspects of Don Brown's defense and the productivity that we're seeing from our linebackers, specifically our defensive line, being very strong in that production as well. So uh, it's the defense has been has been weak for Illinois. They have had. Um, Several losses, like we uh, mentioned at the beginning when talking about their record, but then uh, some of those losses, to point out, they uh, fell to the undefeated Western Michigan Broncos. I mean, while that team is doing very well, yes, but they allowed them to score 34 points. North Carolina put 48 points up on uh, Illinois, and then they also were one of Purdue's very few wins. Uh, They did fall to Purdue in overtime 34 to 31 but Purdue really has had a difficult time and actually kind of to mention now where they stand uh they just recently let go Daryl Hazel uh as their head coach and so now they're dealing with an interim head coach because they had only three wins on their season and it's been quite dismal um we don't really need to go into them because they're not the point, uh, the opponent that we're facing off against. But um, they were Purdue's first uh, Big Ten win this season, and Purdue has had a very difficult time. So it's been quite up and down. Uh, Lovey Smith being the head coach, I kind of anticipated at the beginning of the season we might have seen a little bit more from Illinois. I know it's, I mean, it's difficult. You're picking up. Um, pieces in a program especially when you come in and it's your first season. I know it was kind of a unique situation under Harbaugh uh, because Brady Hoke did have good recruits uh, but he wasn't just organizing it well and uh, developing his players. But Lovie Smith uh, things were not going well in Illinois for a while and so he's got a lot on his hands here for several years. I uh, anticipate in the future you'll see different things but don't doubt it I mean, he'll he'll have his team ready to compete. I th- don't think that there's really much to worry about. You never want to go into a game too confident. Uh, I'm speaking of this from the aspect of, you know, the team actually thinking about it, not really so much a uh, fan's perspective. But they have, the Wolverines have a lot going for them into this game. Their stout defense being able to, Uh, dominate on the line, dominate the passing game. I mean, there might be some productivity from uh, their rushing game. I think that that's really the only area that you're going to see much productivity, especially with that um, mobile quarterback. I I do anticipate that they're going to mix both of them in there. So be looking at that mobile quarterback getting in and maybe uh, trying to caused some confusion there. We've we've had our success kind of rounding things out and being able to handle the more mobile quarterbacks a little bit better this year. And we will be watching how that goes. On to kind of backtrack a little bit to the offensive side of the ball for Michigan. Some of the things that I personally hope to see and I anticipate to see in this game, like I said, is Michigan has had some struggles with the offense. The defense has been fantastic. Have there always been things that have been improved on both sides of the ball? Absolutely, but there are more opportunities for improvement on the offensive side of the ball in the passing game and then absolutely, of course, in the kicking game. So I really anticipate that we will see uh, multiple field goals taken in this game um, if it ever comes down to having to kick a field goal, uh, being a fourth down or anything like that. Um, because there needs to be that opportunity for the players to get that game time experience. I really do feel that uh, we are going to make a change with our uh, field goal kicker. I'm, I'm not really going to take a stab in the dark on what they're going to choose to do um, with uh, filling that position, but I do anticipate that they are going to let Kenny Allen focus on the uh, punting game. And move on from there uh, because there are other games that we're going to be needing that uh, experience. I'm not sure, particularly with the MSU game, but the sooner we get that going and the more experience we can get some of those players, the better prepared we will be in the future. Uh, Same goes for the passing game. It was interesting to see at the beginning of the year, there was more going on with the passing game, and I. We maybe felt a little bit more comfortable with it at times. Uh, I know that Spate had his difficult games, uh, difficult halves and things like that for his performances. But now it's, uh, granted of course it was Rutgers and the week before that was a very uh, stout Wisconsin defense. So we didn't see a lot with the passing game then. But it's almost kind of like circling back and trying to, make the passing game a highlight feature of our team again so that we are a little bit more well-balanced going into the second half. Um, Speaking of which, um, this is the game that's going to be coming off of the bye week, and last year we saw the interesting instance where we came off the bye week. I mean, it was very much interesting because we had the Michigan State loss, and then we had the bye week, and then we had the road game at Minnesota. So this year, uh, it's quite drastically different. Uh, road game win before the bye week, uh, goodbye week, and then go, going into homecoming in Ann Arbor. So, uh, But this is where uh, space stepped in last year, uh, really anticipating that we will not see the same situation last year where it was a rough return to the field for the team. Uh, as you saw with the Minnesota game. Now, not downplaying Minnesota. Minnesota uh, has been a great competitor last year and this year. And so they give them credit for what they did. But part of the time you could tell in that Minnesota game last year that Michigan was caught off guard, not very well prepared maybe, or didn't have their head in the game. There was a little bit something off, not saying that if everything had been on par that it would have totally blown Minnesota away. But that's just the thing that can be a little bit tricky with a bye week on just, you know, being able to come off of that, get your head in the game, and um, do a good job with jumping back into the heat of things. So this time I think it will be a better way around and uh, really exciting for some of the players with it, especially being homecoming and some uh, visitors always at that game and uh, some special alumni coming back for that as well. So uh speaking of which i guess i'll interject this here so that i don't forget it the uh i will be at the game we were expecting that craig and i would both be there but again with his surgery and uh the situation that he's going through and uh he won't be able to make it so i will be there uh different things going on some people have contacted uh you know trying to see where we're at and what we're doing for uh The Blue Network, uh, Rashawn's down there and things like that, but just a heads up to people so that I don't forget it. Uh, I will be down there. Uh, Craig will not. I will probably be meeting up with Rashawn and uh, Zeke if he's around, and we'll be doing some things there. Uh, On site, we're usually always in the uh, kind of, if you would consider the back between Chrysler and the big house. There's the uh, entrance where the players get dropped off, and we usually hang out there until the game starts and we do some stuff with our shows so if you're looking for that i know some people will be in town especially for homecoming and uh have communicated with us so you can look for us there and we'll be around and maybe have some more details to share later so um yeah the it's gonna be exciting to get back into it i mean it first of all feels like forever since michigan football but then also just being back at the game and in Ann Arbor is going to be feeling like forever for me because Craig and I were down there for the Hawaii game and then we were down there for the UCF game and I was there for the Colorado game. And so three games in a row and then I wasn't able to make the other two home games and so it's feeling like forever since we've done this. But I am hoping that uh, being down there, depending on the location that we get and everything, I might still take the recording equipment and uh, if I get the opportunity before and or after to catch some fans and do some recording with uh, with the show and doing another fan talk episode. We haven't done that since week one, and I think that was uh, received really well, so I feel like I'm looking around and not knowing exactly what to do because uh, there's always usually back and forth with Craig and then I get the opportunity to tell him how bad his ideas are and usually how much better I am at things than he is. But, uh, yeah, I I feel like time is going so slow with this episode. But then again, I have to recall that I'm not quite as long-winded as Craig is. So (laughs) he keeps things going and uh, I usually prefer the kind of back and forth because uh, I'm... I'm not the biggest fan of doing a monologue or anything like that. I don't think uh it's the most exciting thing just to hear the same person talk by themselves for 30 minutes to an hour. Usually it's a little more entertaining when you can get some interaction. So I'm I was trying to focus on uh keeping things rolling here, but I know that uh it's going to be a little bit shorter because Craig don't Craig and I don't have the back and forth going on. So Uh, We will go ahead and discuss. We do have uh, Lock It and Dump It. We're still going to do that. I was able to get some feedback from Craig on that. I got a lock of the week for him as well, but I do not have an actual score prediction, so he's trying to get out of it. But, no, I'll be able to get a score prediction from him sometime. We're just not going to be able to include it in this episode. So uh, we'll go ahead and get into the... Lock it or dump it. Craig's favorite part of the episode. So uh, we always try to pick out a few different things here each week. Keep it changing. Some of the questions kind of revolve around some of the same things. We've had a lot of uh, interaction on Twitter. We always put them out on Twitter and get people involved in that. And uh, there have been some interesting takes on things with that. And so this week, the first lock it or dump it. Is Michigan will have more passing yards than rushing yards. So I uh, I did get information from Craig on this one, and he went to ahead and decided to dump this one. And I was a little bit back and forth personally. I I didn't know. I, I'm I like I said. I really feel like they're going to do some focusing on. The passing game, but Michigan is favored by let me double check it 35 and a half points if I'm not correct uh, mistaken yep 35 and a half points. I feel like it's going to turn into a little bit kind of the Rutgers game where Michigan is going to be able to get a good lead on things the second um, being able to shut them down defensively. And so there's going to be a lot of rushing in the second half. So I will actually go ahead and side with Craig on this, and I will dump it. Uh, we'll go to the second one, and that being Jabril Peppers will have an offensive touchdown. So uh, Craig's, I'll give Craig's answer first, and he went ahead and he locked it. And I... Uh, the real reason why I posed this question was because I'm going into it and I am actually going to go ahead and dump it because I really feel like he is not going to be that involved on the offense this week. I don't think it's going to be necessary. Uh, last week, I think, was more of a highlight because it was uh, the game was in New Jersey and him being from New Jersey. And uh, maybe partially the poor weather conditions. I I don't know if he's going to be involved all that much offensively. I think it's more going to be defensive and special teams. So we'll kind of have to watch that and check that out. But my anticipation is he's not really going to be on offense a whole lot. Um, I do want to see him pass the ball sometime. So maybe this would be a good uh, opportunity for them to experiment with that. I don't know. Uh, I I do question how much he's going to be in the game on offense uh, for this second half of the season. The key games like uh, Michigan State, Iowa, and the OSU game, you can probably anticipate that. Uh, but some of these other games like Illinois, Maryland, and Indiana, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on it yet. So that's why I had that in there, and I decided to dump it. I kind of anticipate a lot of people will be locking that one in. So we'll move to the third one, and... Uh, I want to put this in there because Rutgers was able to hold them to less than 10 first down. Rutgers was able to hold them to less than 10 first downs. So, I've, with our defense, I'm putting out there, Illinois will have less than 10 first downs. That was the question that I was putting out there. And Craig went ahead and locked that one. And I am a believer in the defense as well, and I will go ahead and lock it too. So it's uh, – I'm I'm not necessarily coming out and feeling that Illinois is just that bad. I don't think they're that strong, but I don't know if I would say they're that bad as far as I would guess, say, Rutgers bad. Uh, they did win that game even though they got beat on several fronts statistically, but uh, uh, just a firm believer in our defense. So I I definitely see Michigan handling Illinois rather well on defense. So we will see how that turns out for them having their homecoming game uh, in the big house with that. So we will uh, – I will. We will. I don't know why would I say we will. But uh, to go ahead and go into the – other big 10 games happening this week. Uh, make sure to mention uh, noon game for the week is uh, number 10 Wisconsin going on the road to Iowa, which is actually uh, Wisconsin being only a three and a half point favorite. Then Purdue goes on the road to ne- number eight Nebraska and they are Nebraska is the 24 point favorite. And then, of course, the Illinois-Michigan game, like I said, it was a 35-and-a-half point favorite for Michigan, being at home. And then OSU goes on the road. Number two, OSU is on the road to Penn State, and they are only a 19-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, And I guess something that I didn't mention, that I should probably mention at some point, is that Michigan moved up to number three with Clemson's uh, relatively poor performance this season, even though it is undefeated. But they've had their narrow wins. Uh, They moved from number three to number four. So Michigan is now at the number three spot, even though they had a bye week. So those were the scores or, or the other games going on with the spreads. I have a lot game for Craig That I will uh, include here. And I let him have the first choice this week. And he went ahead to pick the Nebraska game. And he is picking Nebraska to cover the 24-point spread against Purdue. And I'm a little torn between the Wisconsin game and the OSU game. Because I'm not sure if they're just thinking that Penn State's that good or... OSU is going to struggle after the Wisconsin game I am I'm gonna go with the Wisconsin three and a half point favorite at Iowa um coming off of two losses Wisconsin is a really good team I mean Wisconsin has two losses against the number two and the number three team in the nation right now and they were both one possession games so I am really and Iowa Iowa beat Rutgers 14 to 7. So, I really think Wisconsin's going to take it to them, so I will go ahead and lock that in that Wisconsin is going to cover that three and a half point spread for that game so um and making sure that I just kind of cover everything with uh talking about the game, I know that usually Craig and I uh go back and forth with uh some some of the stats because we both do our own research and so we collaborate with some uh, some of the information so not sure if i'll be missing a whole lot here but uh hopefully filled you in with some good information i will go into then uh with that go ahead and talk about the predictions then for the michigan game and i know that uh like i mentioned craig is not uh did not share a score prediction i i kind of caught him i'm we record late and so i'm sure that he's sleeping by now and resting from his surgery and i try to catch him before he went to bed but no prediction for craig we'll get it later we'll include him uh, the image that we put out there i think it's on the facebook group i know it always goes on twitter it gives our predictions for the week i'll make sure to include it in there but uh man you know sometimes i go in and i uh, make a choice before we record on what my prediction is going to be other times i just go through the Recording and after talking through all the stats, I decided to make a decision. So, I uh, I, I think it's a uh, potential for Michigan to have another shutout. I really do. I don't know uh, how many people are going to be believing in it, uh, Michigan. I can't remember how many shutouts Michigan had last year, but the defense has been strong. And I think the offense is clicking. So, man, I will. Uh, I will really have to stick with the uh, with the shutout. I'll be sticking with the shutout, and I I will go with Michigan putting up. I'll say fifty-one. 51, so we're looking at three field goals in there uh, with, I believe, that would be six touchdowns. So 51 is my score prediction for Michigan. Um, I don't think it'll quite get out of hand as uh, the Rutgers game did, but there you go. 51-0, to score prediction for Michigan versus Illinois. And like I mentioned, I will be making sure to get Craig's thoughts on that as well to be included in the information that you can find on our website and on social media. So uh, don't forget, uh, I do want to, since I'm talking about score prediction now here too, uh, it was the bye week, so things were kind of uh, back and forth, backwards. Uh, We didn't do the regular two weeks per episode last week. Uh, We had that this week, however, Um, But if you want to ever give your thoughts on score predictions, you can call us on our voicemail and do it before, I would say, do it before 9 p.m. on Tuesdays. We normally record Tuesday nights uh, for our preview episodes. So, before 9 p.m. on Tuesday nights, if you call and give us your score predictions, we can try to include that. And uh, actually, on that note, um, just I, I keep forgetting to bring it up, and I don't know why. But if you listen to our last uh, segment where we had uh, fans share their scoring predictions, we had an interesting visit from the grave with Randy Savage somebody was uh, creative enough to call in with an impression and give a score prediction from the Randy Savage. And I thought that was pretty entertaining. I wanted to give them credit for that. Also, um, I I forgot to mention this when we first started doing it. And uh, we have the uh, equipment. I've used it uh, when we were at the game before. Actually, we've had it for a little while now. And uh, we've been starting to be able to use it with actually recording regular episodes. We used it off-site. That was the main time when we were starting to use it. But thank you to anyone and everyone who did donate to to the equipment fund. We have that uh, donate button on our website. And we had a small donation contribution from uh, some people for that. And uh, every little bit helps, it all makes a difference and so it's helped us get to the point where we are so far. And so we hope that you guys are enjoying the content and everything with that. So, uh with that, I will go ahead and transition and go into some clothing clothing. Go into some closing thoughts. I don't know why at the end. I I've always been having trouble. I do I feel like I do better and better throughout the entire episode with uh my speech and everything that I'm saying. Everything flows pretty well, but then when it gets to the end, for some reason, it becomes a little bit more difficult. But here we are. We will go ahead and uh, go into closing thoughts here. All right. Well, like we said, um, social media, we usually say this all the time. Social media, you can find us. Uh, we're on Twitter at Blue Bros underscore Craig at Blue Bros underscore Caleb. And if you uh, haven't, you can check out our website, com. And uh, mentioning the voicemail earlier, that is 551-BLUE-BRO. You can call that and leave a voicemail for the score predictions. Or actually, if you want to call and give any feedback at any time, we will uh, gladly try to work that into our episode content uh, when and how we can. Uh, we're a part of the Blue Network, which is a couple of shows out there and groups reporting on uh, Michigan, primarily Michigan football. And you can hear our content throughout the week on Eagle Eye Radio, Uh they have, I believe it's Eagle Eye Radio, or there's EDA, Eagle Eye Media, forgive me, LLC.com, and then you can find a tab on there, and then, of course, it's on uh, social media. But I always do encourage people to check out the Blue Network, Everything Michigan Football on Facebook. If there's one centralized place to get all the information to see everything, to interact with other Michigan fans, to share content. Fast-growing group, well over uh, 1,000 members, and still continuing to grow. It is a uh, private group, so you will have to be send a request to get in. Usually that's done and taken care of in minutes. Uh, but we enjoy the conversations we have on there. And uh, Rajan has a lot of great information, if you know him from the Blueprint show, And so he shares different thoughts on there in the uh, Facebook group as well. So make sure to check that out. So uh, this is the preview for the Illinois game. Uh, We'll be doing a recap of the game after it's done. It's too early to tell, but probably right now I'm going to say that Craig might not be up and running by that time. But be hoping and praying that everything goes well with that and that he will be back soon and we can get the show rock and rolling and getting back on track with, uh, talking Michigan football with us doing our back and forth and, uh, me being able to put Craig in his place with his poor predictions and such nonsense. But, uh, do appreciate you guys tuning in. We, uh, truly appreciate our faithful listeners and we're getting new people all the time. And we, uh, Thank you for tuning in and checking us out. And uh, we hope that you guys enjoy the rest of the week. Have a good weekend. And if you get to go to the game, that you all have a good time at the homecoming. So with that, I will go ahead and end things off with Go Blue.